I was trying to build everything from the scratch and trying to educate also here the top management and the researchers especially and the businesses, how they can understand, how they can support tools and mechanisms from policy, what they are requiring from you, what the process and their results should be and how we can reach this thing. So the first year wasn't really easy, but it was really a lot of experience for me. I think it was really beneficial. Lithuania is a relatively small country of just under 3 million that only regained independence in 1990. It's also only started taking tech transfer seriously over the past decade, but in that time has seen exponential growth. Vilma Poriene is the director of the Knowledge and Technology Transfer Center at Vilnius Tech, having started the office from scratch in 2014. She joins the podcast to talk about the lessons she has learned to date, particularly in those first years, and why membership in the European Union has been incredibly important for her work and the country overall. She ponders both the opportunities, like fintech and space tech in Lithuania, and the challenges that are ongoing, like building more of an entrepreneurial culture among citizens and halting a brain drain to other countries in Europe. Vilma also reveals what attracted her to the tech transfer profession after nearly eight years of working for the Ministry of Economy, and what she would still like to change if given a magic wand. My name is Thierry Helis, and you are listening to Talking Tech Transfer. Vilma, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Thierry. Thank you for inviting me to join this podcast. I'm really glad to share my knowledge and experience with you and all the listeners. Amazing. I'm very honored that you said yes when I asked you, and I look forward to the conversation. To start with, can you give me an overview of the Knowledge and Technology Transfer Center with some numbers if you have them? Yes. Just some summary of our TTO office. We are a really young one. We just been founded at the end of 2014, and we have only seven years experience so that it was dedicated, managed. I am saying professionally managed with the authorization and support from our top management lead and to manage all the activities that are related with the business and science collaboration, startup development, how to facilitate this whole process and how to strengthen the ecosystem at the university and outside the university. Since that, we can just proudly to say that we just developed around 25 startups. Okay. All of them still are alive, which is good. Maybe they are not unicorns, but still they are working close to university. We are still facilitating them the path to grow, to scale up their activities and portfolio. We do have a lot of good conditions for that, like our neighbors Sunrise Valley. They have pre-incubation space. So they have the space where they can be, they can work, they have the workplace. Also, we have the Creativity and Innovation Center, Link Manu Fabrica, as it is called. They have the facilities for prototyping, for engineering, for podcasting, for making audio, video commercials for their portfolio and our professional services and help on attracting the finances, on giving the access to the ventures, also going outside the Lithuania with the international projects and activities. So these are the facilities that we are providing for our startups. 
And of course, a lot of business and science collaboration activities that we have huge history before our TTO office was founded. But also now it's a bit structured and we are working as a one window service for industry. So I think industry is really happy about this because they don't have to go to 10 faculties and search for suitable scientists to help them. They are approaching us and they're given all the services. I think pretty much. Quite a comprehensive offering now. Does that mean that there really wasn't much of an infrastructure before the center was founded then? I think it was because the university has huge history of collaboration with the industry. It was the Technical Engineering Institute. So we were very close to the industry from the scratch and from the beginning, but it wasn't structurized. There were no any one window services. There were no any services. It was just approaching the scientist and researcher and you are just trying to collaborate or do something. Nobody is helping you. Nobody is advising you. Nobody is facilitating the process. As we do now, we are starting from the meeting and we are finishing with the contract and with the report of the implemented work of our researchers. So this facility that we provide, we took this all administrative burden from the researcher and from the industry. And they are able now just to work about their content, about the portfolio and products, and the rest is on us. Much easier for the corporate to collaborate with the university, if, of course. as you say. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. One-stop shop. Same, yes, the same for startups. Yeah. You run a range of quite interesting programs. Um, there's Futurepreneurs, that's Hack for Wilderness, for example. Can you tell me a little bit more about these initiatives? As I'm telling, we're also responsible for startup, for entrepreneurship. And yes, by years doing this, we just noticed that uh, our students are overloaded of everything that is related with the entrepreneurship. And we just thought together with other universities and our partners that we should think about several huge initiatives that would be interested for our students and would attract their attention and not disseminate and destroy all their attention in other initiatives. So we just united all our forces with other universities. It's three universities and two stakeholders from industry, also international partners in futurepreneurs. We just like futurepreneurs, yes. So we just put this initiative in our activities of business management study modules and students were able even to get credits of that. So it was like a study process for them from the beginning just to attract them. And the teachers, they got also additional motivation based financing, financial motivation, so that they could also will be engaged and willing to work together with students and work, how to say, really seriously on the project ideas and take it seriously. It's just real initiative that you can really benefit of that. And you can benefit directly from the study process also, but also in the real life when you have this mature idea. So this was the success because we got a lot of applications from students as they were engaged from the beginning because of the study credits and because of the involvement of the teacher. And the, another Hack for Vilnius initiative, we just discussed a lot with the Vilnius City, our major partner in everything. 
And he really liked and supported our idea how they can boost this young generation and young society, how they can contribute with their ideas so that the city would benefit and would prosper on these ideas. And the city could also buy them if it is really working. It was fifth time and it was really success. This year we had with the engineering part of this for prototyping. And we really got 150 participants. We got 24 teams. They were working a lot on the sustainability, on city mobility, on how to innovate city services, how to reduce the pollution and how to enlarge waste management, how to make it more efficient. So this initiative is really, I think, also a very good example on how a city can also contribute to the development of innovation, but also how together with universities, they can co-work with the business who also care about the sustainability and about the city together and create some mature ideas. What was also very good because we attracted not only the students, but it was regular people from the street and even students from eight and 10 grade of the schools. So I think really good things for the city. Yeah, definitely. There is another large project that caught my eye, which is the Creative Communities First project. Can you tell me a little bit about this one as well? This was really very also interesting idea. During the COVID, with our partners, we were just discussing, how can we help? Because everything was just collapsed closed. (laughs) Everybody just uh, locked at their home. But we just thought how we can help for our students at first, but also how we can help also for young generation, for young people, creative people who are really, how to say, they really were damaged by this COVID and pandemic thing because they just don't have any actions where they can implement their ideas or do something. So we just thought that maybe we can create certain platform how we can manage and the whole collaboration of uh, creative ideas and move them to the business or how we can do something from the creative ideas maybe the real business. So we came up with the idea how we can teach young startups and creative people some study models how they can use their creativity and attract and show the opportunities for business by this. So we just made the study programs and study models for creative people. And also in this platform showed the business how many opportunities we have developed and collected from creative people. So this was the idea, how to merge them. Amazing. I like that. Something like, well, obviously the pandemic was horrible in so many aspects, but I like that it still led to brilliant ideas like this. Like you still found ways to improve life in the city and around the campus. Yes, we did really, one hackathon was completely online. We did have 120 participants for three days and we have 20 teams and we did the hackathon and it was almost the same. A lot of challenges, of course, but for administration part, but participants, they didn't feel anything. 
we just did everything that is live event, but it just it was online. Perhaps on a related note, then now that we are out mostly out of the pandemic, what are the opportunities in Vilnius's or even Lithuania's ecosystem more broadly? I think Vilnius is becoming the startup ecosystem. I think in these days, and it was I think before that, but we do have really great support from our government. We have the one of the priorities to become sort of the ecosystem in the Europe and the world of the startups. And I think they are doing great in that. We are working in this ecosystem and we are happy of that because we do have this and support and a lot of investment for infrastructure for startups. We do have a lot of pre-incubators facilities, as I'm telling. Also, we have the Sunrise Valley. We have the Vilnius Tech City Park for startups, for pre-startups, for pre-seed. Also, a lot of ventures, local and internationals, they have their facilities inside as well. And this year, we managed to attract 420 million investment for all startups. Wow. And it's 70 times more as it was in 2016. Wow. So you can feel in five years period, we just made this progress. Yeah, just exploded. Yeah. Yes, because it was a lot of efforts made at first from the government, from the Invest Lithuania, they were attracting startups, especially from the third countries like Belarus, Russia. They were also seeking for home place, but also seeking for the place they can run their business. So we just attracted a lot of game industry, virtual augmented reality things. And it was booming two years ago. Now we are becoming fintech hub for companies. Also because of the government and the national bank system, they were letting, how to say, making so flexible conditions and all the regulation for initial first fintech companies so that they would be able to provide services and to enter to the financial market and it was the success because now last week we just got 71 million investment in our fintech market and in 2020 it was only 18 million so you can also compare the figures what is the situation and we as university we also how to say reacting on that when the game industry was booming so we just attracted the Mossy's company from UK, we started collaboration and we initiated the study models for master degrees so that the students already would get this knowledge and practical experience in our creativity link center of link manu fabricas. We have the huge professional audio and video lab where you can have a lot of now movies and cinemas and commercials. They are just now filming and doing the professional production, all this whole cinema cluster, they are collaborating with us. And BBC and everybody, they are coming to us because we have the professional equipment and infrastructure for that. When the FinTech just started in Lithuania, we started in our business management faculty master program on FinTech and blockchain. And we just moved a lot of students, started studying and doing some business and something in this area. 
we are in the same line with the priorities of the government and we are quite flexible reacting in the ecosystem so that we could provide also the human resources, but we could also get benefit of this that is booming now. That's amazing. I admit I didn't know too much about Vilnius or even Lithuania's economy more broadly. So it's really interesting to hear how strong you are in sectors like fintech and media, which obviously industries of the 21st century, I would say, and hopefully booming industries as well. I think this is the good case for a small country, how we can be quick and flexible in changing world and global arena. We just started collaboration with the Taiwan. We got this political block from some countries, but we managed to stay with our priorities and everything. And we got more than 200 million for laser and semiconductor industry so that we could start this collaboration. And now we're also reacting on that. Before that, we were preparing this and our electronic and mechanical departments, they were started new study programs and modules on microelectronics, on semiconductors and everything, so that we could be also ready in several years to provide human resources, also certain research for industry that will need us. So, Almost afraid to ask, but what are the challenges that you face? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I think all countries, we are having these challenges and we are facing them. And when it comes to human resources, it's the same. You can feel that we can react on that, but we can provide human resources in several years, not at this time that is needed. And especially in the arenas like IT services and shared service centers from the Scandinavia banks like Danske, Sebbank, they need a lot of IT specialists. We saw as Vilnius Tech, but also as the whole Lithuania, we're struggling to providing a certain amount of human resources that are needed. We're also facing this emigration thing that a lot of brain drain is happening to UK, for example, to Norway. A lot of people leaving Lithuania because we are still in the face of growing and providing really good quality for life, for being, working and doing something. We really made huge progress on that. But still, we are too small country to be so efficient in some things. And we are also very young country as we just have 30 years of independent country from Soviet Union. So for the country as itself, it's really not so much because the mind shift and everything and generations, they have to change for everything so that the progress would be even better, I think. Yeah. I'm in the UK now, but I'm from Luxembourg originally. So you definitely have my sympathies for being the small country that has to find (laughs) resources that might just not exist. It's definitely a struggle. Are Lithuanians generally quite an entrepreneurial culture? I think the generation is shifting and the mindset is now a bit different. The people from Soviet Union part, they were really not because it wasn't allowed. It wasn't history. They didn't have any experience. Nobody asked them. Some initiatives were just, we didn't have any conditions. But now when this startup policy started the whole experience and examples, especially the examples that we have of the startups 
we now have two unicorns that managed to attract a lot of millions. And they are huge companies now. And they are speaking a lot. They are going to the schools and making some also interviews and something. And now the young generation, they feel free to feel this entrepreneurial spirit. They don't afraid to lose this part or to have this negative thing. They are not afraid of being that because now and we are facilitating and promoting that the bad result also is a result. It's the lessons learned for the future that you would be better, that you increase your knowledge, your experience, that you can always share your ideas. Now I would say that yes, we are, but maybe it just we still need some time for that, but now I think we are. Yeah, getting there. Is there, obviously we touched on the talent question, but is there generally enough money within Lithuania or does the money come from outside the country when your startups raise money? I think it's both ways. We do have a lot of investment bank initiatives and a lot of new venture capital funds were created and they have the certain sectors they are investing in. But a lot of also startups, they are using this international, I think, ventures from USA and from Israel. I think we do have also a lot of like missions from ventures. They are coming here to Lithuania. They are checking the market. They are meeting people also. And I think they also see the opportunities because you can feel when a lot of ventures, they are coming to university seeking to get some knowledge about what is the ecosystem, what are the ideas, do you have any more mature for us to be interested in? So we do have a lot of money, I would say. We even, I think, we still are in shortage with really good ideas, maybe, or more developed ideas, more mature ideas. While working with the students, you can feel that sometimes They just need this one night to finish the idea or to do something or just they don't have any interest because they had a party or they just have some exams or something. With students, you have to be a bit more careful. But some of the teams, they are really good. They participate. Last week, I just had the technology hackathon and the ideas was really good, really good. And the investor was from Swedish real estate company. They just seeking for new products for their portfolio. They also want to be part of the university study programs. They want to be part of teaching our community so that they could be close to the students, that they could offer the idea for master thesis or bachelor thesis. So this is also working in both ways, from our part, providing ideas and the teams, but also investors, they come to us and also willing to be more engaged in our activities, in our community. Does that mean that your startups generally tend to stay in Vilnius or Lithuania in general? Yes, I just wrote this note that uh, indeed, as far as I know, the majority stays here but market is global. I don't think that Lithuanian market is enough for startup. Yeah, maybe if you're in the US or in China, you might be content with one market, but I think everywhere else is looking to go global. How 
easy or difficult is it to find staff for your own office, tech transfer practitioners? Not so easy. <laughs> I think it's really tough because now we just starting also at university in business management faculty, we do have this certain study model for innovation management or something that you can be a bit taught how to be in this field because it's a completely new thing for universities, as I can say even, because all the tech transfers officially were developed in Lithuania at the universities in 2014. It just, it was. Because the government decided that it's needed. Now it's the time, <laughs> as I'm saying. And all the specialists were the same. They just took some PhDs. They took some master students that were really good at management or something. My background was from the ministry, so I really did know what is the innovation, but I didn't know how to do it in practice or how to manage this process or something. Because like I was just saying that I am the salesperson at the university. I'm selling the science results for business. And then you can somehow can see the picture. What is your position at the university? You are the salesperson at university because you have to sell the research results for business and you get benefit of that. You have to sell the patent as licensing agreement and take the royalties of that. But of course, at the same time, you have to sell this idea and think for the researcher so that he could disclose his idea so that he would be willing to join the collaboration activities with the business so that he would want to start something or to start business or to start collaboration or something. So you just had to learn how to manage both sides and how to interconnect them so that they could understand everything. And you also could understand what is the rational of this, what is the content, what is the idea. I hadn't realized that. Everything just started in 2014 and the government just went, right, we're doing this, easy, you figure out how it's done, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> like, that wasn't really... It is really self-learning thing, I think. And now, after seven years, I, I could say that it wasn't easy. But it's really good experience for people. You feel every day that it's lifelong learning experience for you, almost every day. Because you don't have any typical situations. You don't have any typical documents or something. Because the situation and everything and the negotiations, they are different almost each time, every time. And a lot of people, you meet a lot of people, a lot of things you have to manage, not only the whole situation and then conditions, but also how to collaborate to different and strange people that are just meeting now in the meeting. Yeah. I want to get back to your career in a moment as well, but perhaps first a slightly broader view. What is your view of the Baltic region and maybe Europe more broadly? I know you said you got quite a lot of European Investment Bank or European Investment Fund initiatives. Is it a good place to be in tech transfer? Yes, definitely. From Baltic countries' perspective, so we are young ones, but we tend to collaborate and to learn from each other, to share the experience. And because we do have a certain amount same challenges and everything out of the Soviet part. We just got the same mindset, the same everything. 
And it's just up to the country was how we managed to overcome and what was the policy and the priorities. But we still are doing this learning thing. We are collaborating. We are communicating. Last month, we had the huge event on international patenting and commercialization thing. So from Estonia and Latvia and our all the patent offices, tech transfer offices, they just came. We just were also discussing. The, even rectors, they were participating and they were listening and providing their views on this TTR and everything. But from the Europe, what is good for us? So we just got this huge Western wave of, let's say, growth and prosperity that is needed for us to believe that we also can do this. And it was from Europe, but we got a lot of European structural funds that also was really needed for us. We were a poor country, but this investment helped us to strengthen our capacities in innovation, in research quality, high quality, so that we could be equal for Western part of the Europe, universities to collaborate, with business to collaborate. And the euro provided the platform, not even the money, the money, yes, but also the platform where we can collaborate, where we can meet and everything. So I think this was beneficial for us, but also Europe could learn from us how we can manage to and be flexible in all the policy and the priorities in strategies and how we can be flexible in the project, how we can adjust the condition and everything. Because we were eager to learn, we were eager to get more knowledge so that our strengths and competences would be ready to collaborate with the Western part. I love that. I'm a huge believer in the European Union and the European community. So it's really nice to hear concrete examples of how it is making life so much better in places. Do you track your engagement when it comes to women and underrepresented minorities? Do I have any numbers on those startups? We don't have. I was in summer, I was preparing the application for gender and how we can involve more gender diversity in innovation and in the startups. And our venture capital association, they were started this initiative on national scale, but also they were contacting the European Union and other universities and venture associations. And they have been working on the how we can count what should be the indicator, what should be parts of the indicator. So our application is about the gender indicator, how we can create this. So we don't have these numbers and they are not even at the European level because nobody was counting. It's just somebody is just doing something. But just from the statistic part, so only one third of the women, they are taking part in some kind of venture boards or the owners or initiators of the venture or something. So we're still, but it's not only about Lithuania, it's all about the Europe. It's the same situation that women still are not in some positions. But I would say it's changing. We do have a really good initiative in Vilnius and in Lithuania. We call it Women Go Tech. So these initiatives provide unpaid quality courses, qualification courses for women to learn IT, to learn 
programming, to learn some doing some tech or engineering thing, be skilled something or to do just the tech business or something. So just initiative that's really, I think, successful in our case. Amazing. How does your own office fare in terms of representation? Oh, we are good in gender. In my office, only one man is working out of the seven. So in this case, we are really good. But just talking about the university as the whole, and especially in the research part, so we are also a bit behind of the parity and of the proportions. We still, especially we're struggling, attracting women in engineering specialists and studies like electronic, mechatronics or something. What is good in space technologies, we are attracting quite a lot of women, so we are happy about this. So recently, we just started the Eurospace Hub project, and it's about how we can promote uh, innovation and space technologies in startups and everything, and strengthen our ecosystem. So it's really interesting. We do have a lot of space things in our university, and now we are strengthening with the external support so it's really good i love space give me all the space tech you can get <laughs> love it Fa- absolutely fascinated by it probably not smart enough to understand it at the fundamental level but I, very interesting do you run any internship programs in your own office for maybe phd students to get more tech transfer staff we run fellowship and internship programs for our students not only phds each year we are announcing about the vacancies and they can start internship in our office and then if they want they can join the project as we do have external projects so they can join the project and work even if they are interested in not just to learn how to do something but also to get paid for their work and to be involved and to increase their practical knowledge about everything. I do want to talk about your own career as well. You, as you said, you joined Vilnius Tech from the Ministry of Economy in 2014. Most recently there, you'd been the head of Innovation Policy Division. What attracted you to the university and this profession? At first, it was a headhunting thing, but I really liked to work in innovation area and everything. We were almost from the beginning of the whole Lithuanian innovation policy development and foundation. The division who started almost as at first it was just some part of industry policy, and then we just became the whole system at the government, and it was so exciting thing, and it was so a lot of learning doing, and it was really good. The team was amazing, and still we are doing a lot of things together in different part of the organizations, uh, the countries even. But I think maybe. After eight years, I just saw that maybe I just need more because when you just did something and the government parties, they were changed after the elections and you saw that you have to do it again as you have to teach them. And it was some kind of a bit frustration period because you just felt that you were doing something and you just have to start again because somebody just don't know or just don't want to know or something. So I thought maybe I should start something just more practical, more more precise or something. I will go to university when I got the offer to lead this team and to start 
from the scratch, the technology transfer. So I, I thought it's a really good challenge for me. And it's the opportunity for me. On the other hand, because I want to have something new, I want to start something from practical thing, maybe to see what is on the other side of the innovation policy. What are some of the changes that you've seen maybe over the course of these last seven, eight-ish years or maybe even before that? So I think, yes, I was joking, but it was really the first surprise was that when you are at the ministry and you're developing this policy and creating these documents, how people, how organizations should behave in this business and science collaboration activities, and you think that everything is working because you just think that it's working. But when you just sit at the university and you can see that it's nothing working and nobody is reading even maybe your document, nobody understands how does the whole policy level is working, what are the mechanisms, what are the processes, how can it correlate with your organization because your organization is one small building. I was trying to build everything from the scratch and trying to educate also here the top management and the researchers especially and the businesses, how they can understand, how they can support tools and mechanisms from policy, what they are requiring from you, what the process and their results should be and how we can reach this thing. So the first year wasn't really easy, but it was really a lot of experience for me and I think it was really beneficial. Yeah, very much thrown into the deep end. If you had a magic wand, is there something that you would change about how tech transfer is done today? I would uh, still think about how to increase business capabilities and knowledge about the innovation, how universities can be seen as a really partner in crime, as I'm saying, but not these ones who just maybe provide you some services and that's it. Maybe this collaboration with the company's strategy so that innovation would be the part of the heart and the strategy of the company, but not related with the state support on how to innovate or do something. Because if it is the heart and the strategy of the company, you can feel the difference when you meet the company and when you discuss it you can see that they care they want to collaborate with you you don't have to insist or persist or convince them or prove them that you are needed they need you they are showing the commitment i think this would be my dream i think on a related note then perhaps what does knowledge transfer look like at vilnius tech in 2029-2030 so double your lifespan. My dream is to have unicorn, but we just need more time for that. But I would say that if we have mature startups that are really doing great global business without any of our support or something, and they are spreading the news about how Wellness Tech is founded them and helped them. And I think this would be really good for us and for students and for community to have more startups, I think. Yeah. Following on from that, then can you give me some examples of your startups? Yeah, I can. We do have a lot of startups in our Aviation Institute in Space Tech. 
So these startups, they are working with the drones, the nanosatellites, and how to connect space with real-life solutions and using it for all the regular activities like protection, monitoring, prediction or something. And now we just had the mission with European Space Agency on how our nanosatellites can be led to the moon. Oh, cool. Yes. And the other startups, they are having workplace in our creativity center in Link Manufabricas. They are working on robotics and automation. They are providing services and facilitating life for production companies and everything. So just several ones, but we have a lot of this software with the application and everything, but we also do have this engineering thing, startups that are really based on research results. That's really cool. That's a good selection. We are sadly almost out of time. Is there anything else we haven't covered that you want people to know? No, I think it was really great discussion with you and easy to talk to. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. I really enjoyed this and I really enjoyed learning more about Vilnius and Lithuania more broadly as well. Thank you, Vilma. Thank you. Thank you, Thierry. Talking Tech Transfer is hosted by me, Thierry Helis. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and peruse our archive of more than 50 interviews. This podcast is a production by Global University Venturing, a Morsonia Limited publication. You can find our website at globalventuring.com forward slash university, on Twitter at GU Venturing, and on LinkedIn as Global University Venturing. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. You can find out more about them at inearproduction.com. If you have any comments or are interested in being a guest on a future episode, feel free to email me at thales at globalventuring.com. That's T-H-E-L-E-S at globalventuring.com. We'd also really love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you haven't yet, do recommend this podcast to your friends and colleagues, or maybe even share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, goodbye. Do 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 do